0: All right, well, let's go to the Lord, and, and I, as I pray, um, you pray in your own hearts and lift these things to God as well, and anything else that he brings to your uh, memory as we pray. Let's pray. Father, we, we know that we're uh, bowing to a holy, righteous, uh, gracious, merciful, uh, all-powerful All-knowing God, Uh, Lord, we come knowing that uh, you love your children, uh, that you love us uh, more than uh, we could ever know or understand, and uh, Lord, uh, that we're precious, we're precious in your sight. Hard for us to understand that, being sinners, Uh, but Lord, that's what your word tells us. And so, Lord, uh, lift each of us up, encourage our hearts, uh, just, uh, uh, Lord, may we just wait before you and rest in you and uh, trust you that you do have all things uh, in control, even though so much of the time we confess that we uh, have trouble believing that uh, when things are going poorly or... Not our way. And so, Lord, we lift up to you, uh, Cameron. And, uh, Lord, I I pray that uh, this one who uh, still obviously does not know you, that you would reveal yourself to him. That he would seek the truth and that he would know Christ and he'd be real in his life. Just open his heart. To who you are, as He uh, hears your word as it's uh, proclaimed or uh, shared with Him. Lord, I would pray for Doris Becky's grandmother and and who is uh, going through surgery and in a trying time. God, uh, raise her up. Also for Lily, Lord, we we pray uh, for strength for her as she goes into uh, a situation where they're unbelievers and uh, uh, so I would pray God that you would give her wisdom and boldness uh, as she speaks to those uh, who do not know you and uh, Lord I lift up Gail and uh, Lord I thank you for her uh, honesty and so we would we would just... Uh, Pray that you would take this fear away. That uh, that we she would see that uh, even though at times we do fear, uh, that perfect love casts out fear, and that you perfectly love us. And uh, Lord, help us to to know that again that you are. Uh, with us in all that we do and, and guiding us and directing us. And just, Lord, heal her. Lord, I pray that you would just bring a complete healing that she might be able to work. And, um, Lord, we uh, pray for Aaron and her stomach ailments. And Lord, we pray for healing for her. Also for Nick, as he has to go through and and has many things to uh, the selling of his home and and all that he has to do, Lord. Just give him strength and encourage his heart. And I pray for Silver Ships, these big contracts and wisdom on on their part, and Ben, as he is involved in all of this, that you would uh, give them wisdom from on high as to what to do they might look to you and so father as we now just look into your word uh, lord we know that uh, it's truth and we know lord that uh, uh, there's blessing there's blessing in obedience to your word and uh, so lord help us to see the importance of your word in our own lives. We lift up our nation to you, O God. Again, we pray for mercy and for those in the military fighting. uh, Lord, uh, uh, help us to support them and to lift them up. And uh, have mercy on our nation. Be with our president and his cabinet and all those who are making decisions, God. Direct them, we pray we ask this in Jesus precious name and for his sake amen <clears throat> well we're, we're still in uh second timothy chapter 2 believe me one day we will get out of second timothy chapter 2 <laughs> there's there's so much here though for our learning and uh, for our guidance and uh, Paul is, of course, instructing Timothy, as he is in prison and soon will be killed, to take a stand, to, to pass the word along, uh, and uh, that's given to, this is given to us as well. This morning I want to deal with the importance of words. How impor- important are words? How important is truth? Uh, and also, we might say, that the danger of false doctrine, the danger of false doctrine. So this is what Paul is dealing with in 2 Timothy chapter 2, beginning in verse 14. Uh, it's where we want to start, although I'm going to read through 19. I won't complete this this week, but there will be a part 2 to this next week, Lord willing. So Paul from prison to Timothy. He says, keep on reminding them of these things and solemnly charge them in the presence of God not to wrangle about words which is useless and leads to the ruin of the hearers. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed accurately handling the word of truth. But avoid worldly and empty chatter, for it will lead to further ungodliness. And their talk will spread like gangrene. Among them are Hymenaeus and Philetus, men who have gone astray from the truth, saying that the resurrection has already taken place, and they upset the faith of some. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands, Having the seal, the Lord knows who are his, and everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. And those last couple of verses we'll cover, uh, it's just too much, I could have uh, blown through it and I said, nah, it's just going to be too long to make this one message, and so that's interesting how you, you start preparing, you think, wow, I don't have anything to say, and then you start preparing, and then you realize, wow, there's so much here uh, in, in the studying of it. But uh, words are very important. We will give an account one day for every idle word. God doesn't forget anything. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 through 37, it says, Either make the tree good and its fruit good, or make the tree bad and its fruit bad, for the tree is known by its fruit. You brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak what is good? For the mouth speaks out of that which fills the heart. The good man brings out of his good treasure what is good, and the evil man brings out of his his evil treasure what is evil. But I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for it in the day of judgment. For by your words you will be justified, and by your words you will be condemned. And uh, it's not saved that, it's not saying that we're saved by our words, but what he's saying here, and what we've been studying in Sunday school is, James says, uh, that uh, works will follow faith and that a man of, or a woman of true faith will speak correct words because their heart has been changed and now they love God. And But does that mean then that Christians cannot say idle words? No, it does not. And so that's why the warning here in We'll give an account one day for every idle word. And so Paul is very specific here. Uh, Idle words show what we really are like. Uh, It is what we say when we are not on guard around other Christians. It shows what is in our hearts. It's interesting in in Joshua uh, 24 verses 23 through 27, Joshua says to the people, Now there, put away the foreign gods which are in your midst, and incline your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, We will serve the Lord our God, and we will obey his voice. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day, and made for them uh, a statute and an ordinance in Shechem, And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God. And he took a large stone and set it up there under the oak, which was by the sanctuary of the Lord. Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be for a witness against us. For it has heard, of course, for it has heard all the words of the Lord which he spoke to us. Thus it shall be for a witness against you so that you do not deny your God. Uh, Did you know, uh, have you ever thought if the walls could speak, what would they say? And uh, it's very important, as Joshua says here, uh, to uh, uh, speak and do uh, what is good, that what is, is going to come out of your heart is, is good. Uh, I've been with people before and cursing like a sailor. And uh, they'll say to me, well, by the way, what do you do? And I'll say, oh, I'm a preacher. Oh, oh, forgive me. I didn't know you were a preacher. I wouldn't have been cussing like that. And I, and I always say, look, you will not stand before me one day. You will stand before God Almighty one day. So don't worry about me. You better worry about it. it's oops. God, forgive me. I've grieved you by idle words and and, and whatever comes out of my mouth. Also realizing that uh, they are recorded. They are recorded. God does not forget anything in every idle word. Every idle word. So, the duty we see here in verse 15, first of all, is to accurately administer the word of God. And this applies to all. Paul says here, be diligent. Be diligent, Paul says. And uh, to make every effort to present yourself to god as one approved do your best do your best approved to present yourself to god for inspection it's like a soldier and i and i took rotc at auburn and uh, and we had uniforms and we had to polish the brass and shine the shoes and and clean our rifles and for inspection and you, if you didn't pass inspection, it wasn't good because they made you march around for an hour on the drill field uh, or whatever the punishment would be. And so you, were, you uh, wanted to pass inspection. And so approved means accepted after being tested. Accepted after being tested. Uh, coins were tested Mm, you bit bet down on them to see if they were real. You see a lot of that in the Pirates uh, movies and what have you where they're testing to see if they're genuine or not. You're presenting yourself to God to please Him, to be approved by God. You're not going to please men. Paul said that. He knew he was not going to please men. He was going to say things that they would not like. Jesus did that, and they killed him, and they killed Paul. And so, when you stand up, uh, and he says, uh, uh, "Please him." He says, "A workman who does not need, does not is, who does not uh, is not to be ashamed. Uh, False teachers, false teachers have something to be ashamed of." They are of their father, the devil, and the lust of their father they will do. And yet, they're not ashamed. You know, blushing is something that doesn't go on much anymore. But you've blushed before when you've said something inappropriately at the wrong time in front of somebody, and it slipped out, or you didn't know that they were listening, and you realize that they're all hearing what you're saying, and you blush. Hopefully you do anyway because you're ashamed of being caught. God hears everything you're saying. And yet we can speak like he doesn't hear. We can act like he's asleep somewhere. And I'm not saying this to scare you. Maybe it is. But uh, we uh, one day will stand before a holy, righteous God, yes, who is loving, but also is a just God, a God who uh, uh, is to be obeyed. And so a workman affects all of life. We're uh, to be ashamed of incomplete and shoddy work. You know, we just don't dabble at this thing, being a Christian. It's not like having a hobby and you go to it. Uh, today and you don't do it for a week, and then you look at your coins and maybe order a coin or whatever your hobby. That's not Christianity. You don't dabble. You don't dabble at this, if you will. As, as one uh, commentator said, we're not dabbling. So, what have you done with the work as a workman? God has given you a work to do. We have a doctor. I'm sure he tried to be the best doctor he could be. He wasn't perfect, but uh, he knew that lives were at stake at being a doctor. So he was a good doctor. He was a workman. Now I know here uh, Paul is speaking of the word and presenting the word, but we're all workmen. Whether we, whether you eat, drink, or whatsoever you do, do all to the glory of God. So we're all in this thing. I don't care what. You, this is not just for preachers. This is this is all of us, and everything is important to God. Remember, it, with God, there is no difference between the secular and the sacred. To God, everything is sacred. Okay, and so. Uh, this is, this is uh, very important here. Uh, are you doing some kind of ministry, whether it's being a Sunday school teacher or a carpenter or uh, whatever it happens to be, work in the nursery? You know, that's an important job. If we didn't have nursery workers, you would have a bunch of crying kids running around and you couldn't think or do. See, that's an important job. But when you're, when you're working in the nursery, you are be doing your best at what you're doing and because uh, it's important. Everything is important uh, to God. Do you do something and then quit because you're criticized too much? So you just quit. Being a Christian sometimes is tough because you're criticized, and so you just say, what the use? I give up. Nobody listens, nobody hears what I say, I don't see any change, any, I'm just giving up. No, it's the test of your character is what it takes to stop you. The test of your character is what does it take to stop you. And so Paul here is earning, urging Timothy to keep going. And he says, uh, well imagine if Andrew got up to teach Sunday school. Okay, and he hadn't prepared anything, and he just said, "Okay, I'm not prepared. Uh, I'm just going to babble and carry on." And and no, but he studies, and he he he's written these things down. He's gone over it, and he's tried to hear from God what it says. And so you're sitting there, why? Wow, you know what? He's prepared for this, even though, like me, sometimes I can't read my writing. <laughs> And, and we all make mistakes, that's okay. But I don't quit because I make a mistake. I don't say, I'm a lousy preacher, uh, whatever. No, you keep going. Uh, imagine if I didn't study the Word in order to present it to you. Do you think you could tell? Maybe you can. I mean, <laughs> but but uh, no, you do, you study. You study to show your self approve a workman who needs not be ashamed. We need to correctly, correctly handle the word of truth. Uh, what does this mean? Uh, accurately handling the word of truth. It doesn't mean here cutting it up into pieces. And the King James sadly to say, and a lot of people uh, look at it that way, Uh, is to cut it up into pieces. But that's not what this word means. This word means cutting a straight road through territory. Not making a uh, curvy, snaky road. It means to plow a straight furrow. It means to cut a stone so it will fit into a building with straight lines. To cut... These are all out of the Greek lexicon. To cut straight ways, to proceed by straight paths, hold a straight course, to uh, hear, and I think, to teach the truth accurately and correctly. So that's what it means to uh, rightly and accurately preach the truth. To cut a straight line. And that's what Paul's saying here. Cut a straight line. It's interesting in uh, Proverbs, I found this verse. In all your ways, and we all know Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. So he says, in all your ways acknowledge him. And what? He will make your paths straight. Cutting a straight path. When we study, we're cutting a straight, when, when we accurately Seeing God's word, we're cutting a straight path. And today, what false teachers do is they get off the straight path and they start uh, dabbling and, and going in areas and making big deals over things that that aren't uh, aren't important at all. And uh, so that's how important uh, all of this really is. It's extremely in, important. So the pastor should cut a straight road through t- uh, through truth not swerving uh, to either side uh, so the people can see clearly when they hear from a heretic what heresy is. By the way, how do you tell what's a counterfeit? Do you study the thousands of counterfeits that there are? No, no. You study what a real bill looks like. You study the truth about a bill and all the aspects of it. So then when you see a counterfeit, it has deviated from what the real thing is. And so how do you understand what false teaching is? You know the truth. And then when you hear it, you go, that's not true. And so we have to be careful about going and studying all of this falsehood. Because this is what Paul is warning against. He said, cut a straight path. The truth is truth. The truth never changes. And so don't go off and stay all this and listen to all this jargon and nonsense and and what people have to say and, oh, it's my opinion. I really don't care what your opinion is. And that may sound mean and ugly and I'll listen to it, but I want to know what the Word of God teaches. You see, that's where... We walk. We walk in this straight path. And so Paul is is very clear here in in pointing this out. Uh, If somebody comes and says, you know, salvation is by grace through faith, but you also have to be baptized. Well, you go to God's word and you say, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves... It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Being baptized is something that I'm having to do, a work. Or whatever the good work, and you'll say, know, No, that's heresy, you see. They have left the straight and narrow path. That path never changes. It's not like this cent- century you're saved by grace through faith, and, and 300 years from now you're saved by works. You know, this is not Christianity uh, moving on up, if you will, quoting from a, a movie or a show. But uh, no, you're not moving on up. You're, you're sticking to what is true. And it's always true. It always will be true. And it never changes. This is what Paul is, is pointing out here. And uh, so be careful. Be careful about dabbling and going into other things uh, that uh, aren't truth. Because it's so easy to do that. Um, In sharing God's word with somebody, make sure you clearly give them the gospel. It's so important when you witness to somebody that you tell them how somebody is saved. If you say, well, you know, uh, when you get saved, you got to come to church. Now, they should come to church, and they probably will if they've really gotten saved, but you don't have to do that in order to be saved. You see how you, we get things confused in the way we say things. And I'm that way. People are coming, why did you say that? I said, well, I didn't really say that. Did it sound like I said that? Yes, it did. Okay. And so you have to clarify, you have to be real clear uh, about what uh, God's word is is saying. And uh, uh, so now the danger of using words wrongly or wrong words even in themselves. In verse 14, that was verse 15. Now going back to verse 14 of chapter 2, he says, keep on reminding them of these things. Keep on reminding, is the, is the Greek here. Not remind them, but keep on reminding them. And so you say, Sid, you've said that 400 times. If you say it again, I think I'll just get sick. No, you're going to probably hear it 400 more times. You're saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourselves. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast and you say, I've got it, good. I'm going to keep on reminding you. I'm going to stay on that straight and narrow. And uh, that's what Paul is, These things, these things that I think are written in the, in the book here, uh, drawing a straight line, repeat over and over again. He says, charge them, warn them in the presence of God. Why? Well, God knows and God hears. Keep on not to quarrel quarrel about words. Don't get in battle over words. But you say, well, sometimes you've got to get in a battle over words. Yes, you do. Important words. The deity of Christ. Was he a God or is he the God? That's a word you can battle over. A or the so he's not saying here, don't battle over important things, okay? but these things that really don't matter, where there's different interpretation of. Don't get to where you can't even speak to a fellow Christian over pre mill, post mill, or whatever meal it happens to be. And you separate over things that people differ on. And there are a lot of those areas in the Scripture. But when it comes to the Gospel... It's truth. It doesn't change. And Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God unto salvation for all those that believe, not work hard. And uh, that's that's clear. And so, uh, he says here, uh, charge them and warn them in the presence not to quarrel, quarrel about words. Um, uh, But fight uh, over every little thing is not what Paul is talking. What does it produce when we do that? Discontent, hot tempers, wasted energy, but not much light. You know, I think it's so important uh, how we speak with one another, to one another, uh, and what we say to one another. You know, in First Timothy that uh, Andrew went uh, through, First Timothy 6, 3 through 5, Paul says, if anyone advocates a different doctrine and does not agree with sound words, those of our Lord Jesus Christ, and with the doctrine conforming to godliness, he is conceited and understands nothing. But he has a morbid interest in controversial questions and disputes about words. Out of which arise envy, strife, abusive language, evil speculation, suspiciousness. And constant friction between men of depraved mind and, and deprived of the truth. Who suppose that godliness is a means of gain. It leads to trouble, in other words. It leads to trouble in the church. Boy, I've known so many churches who get all involved in some little matter. And uh, that really makes no difference whatsoever. And uh, it will lead, Paul says here also, it, uh, which is useless and leads to the ruin of the hearer. It's not good to keep debating with false teachers. If you have a Jehovah's Witness come to your house, uh, don't sit there and argue with them for hours and hours and debate with them over things that they want to talk about. Give them the gospel. Tell them that you're a born-again Christian. Shut the door. Love them. Give them the gospel. Give them a track. They've come to your house, I know, but give them. Don't accept their literature and... uh, because they are spreading heresy. Various, and and it, uh, it will lead to the ruin of the hero. It's not good to keep debating with them. And uh, that's been my uh, finding with them. If you want to sit there and do that, that's up to you. But I, I go to, they'll say, well, the Greek says. And I said, oh, does it really? Well, it happens to be, I majored in Greek. You go get my Greek book and show me. And of course that blows them away because they don't know Greek. They've been taught a few Greek words and I'll go and I'll show them in the uh, Greek grammar where Jesus plainly says that he is God. I give them that, give them a copy of it and I said, when you can dispute this grammatical rule in the Greek, you come back to me and we'll talk. But this is a a grammatical rule that has, has not been are disputed in in hundreds of years, and I said that's the truth, and I hope the truth will set you free. Jesus is God. Been nice talking to you. Goodbye. Boom. It. You see, because just to argue with them and debate with them uh, will only produce friction, and uh, and we can fall prey to that. Uh, and there's so many Christians who are confused about certain things, <clears throat> and uh, it's, it's sad. Uh, and there are a lot of things that uh, they need to <clears throat> realize that uh, there is no <clears throat> like theistic evolution. Well, God used evolution uh, to create. I'm sorry he did not. You know, and, and, uh, but there are a lot of Christians who hold to that. You'll be surprised. A lot of Christians think that until they have studied and you show them uh, where they're wrong. There are a lot of Christians who say uh, uh, you can get divorced for any reason uh, because they don't know what the Word of God says. And so we have to be patient with these people but also teach them The truth of God's word, and that's that's staying on that straight and narrow path. Uh, A lot of people will say, uh, which is propaganda. You know what people need to do is love themselves more. And you go, where did you hear that? Oh, well, that's what the Bible teaches. I say, no, the Bible teaches we love ourselves too much. And he says, well, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. And I said, yeah, but you have to understand we love ourselves. And what he's telling us to do is to love others like we love ourselves. You see, they they misunderstand the scriptures. And that's the straight path that you learn as you grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ. But uh, it ruins, it means catastrophe is what the, that word actually means. It turns them upside down. Uh, Don't listen to this nonsense on the radio. Uh, Has anybody heard of Art Bell? And uh, Art Bell talks about spaceships landing on the earth and little Martians running around and have people call the show and, and tell him about all these weird things that have happened to him. See, that's just nonsense. Don't listen to that garbage. Now, I listened to it long enough to realize what it was. And I have to admit, it is sort of interesting that some of these kooks that do call in. But I would not recommend that. Don't, as what Paul say, uh, he, uh, he says in verse 16, avoid worldly and empty chatter. Avoid worldly and empty chatter. Human opinion if you will, Titus says in chapter three, verse nine. But avoid foolish controversies in genealogies, and strife and disputes about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. So we can get caught up in all of that. And uh, so, what does Paul say? It leads to in verse sixteen. It leads to further ungodliness. When you listen to all that nonsense, it's going to influence you in a bad way, sin. So what are we to do? Whatever is true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on those things. There's enough garbage out there uh, to, uh, to sink 10,000 battleships. But what we're to do is to Straight and narrow path. What does God's word say? See, God's word is a sure foundation. Christ is a sure foundation. Man's opinion changes all the time. It's one thing one day, and eggs are good for you one day, and eggs aren't bad for you the next day. And blah, you know, you just, after a while you go, gee, my netties, you know. Well, God's word is sure. It's truth. And the truth will set you free. And uh, Paul is very, very avid here. And he says, uh, go down those wrong roads and where do they take you? Where do they take you? Into ungodliness. False teaching, he says, is like gangrene. It's like gangrene. What does gangrene do? It rots. False doctrine will spread like gangrene. And it will. It's like a disease in the body. It spreads. Like cancer, it spreads. That's what false doctrine will do. That's why don't go out and learn all these false doctrines. No, know the truth and then you can spot the false doctrine you see. That's my encouragement to you. Uh, So it's very important to do that. You know, there's a story told, and I'll end with this. Uh, Maybe. There were two boys who, and I probably told this before at some point, but I think it it, it makes the point. And uh, these two boys were told by their parents to go down to the lake and catch some fish, that the family needed good, wholesome fish to eat for supper, that they needed that. They were out of food, and it was the boy's job uh, to do what the father and the mother told them to do. Well, on the way down to the fishing hole, they, they spot a moccasin. So they kill the moccasin, this awful, terrible, poisonous, venomous, and they'll say, I wonder if there are any more moccasins around here. So they go off and have a battle with another wicked, poisonous moccasin, and they kill it. So they said, "Why wow, we've killed two. Let's look around the lake. Say, so look all around, and they kill all of these poisonous, terrible, venomous snakes, What did they fail to do? Catch fish. See, we need to be about the Father's business. We need to be fishing. We need to be fishing for men. Not all fighting all of these terrible things around us, but pointing men to Christ. Men need Christ. They don't need a better government, more laws. No, they need Christ. They need to have a heart change. We need to be telling uh, uh, what's going to affect their life. Not human opinion. God's word is going to change them, empower them uh, to, to live and to uh, do what God would have them do. So don't fight the battles of trivia. Trivia of unimportant things that you can fight. And a lot of people, really, I do, I love fighting those battles. I remember at Bob Jones, and I said I was through, and I will be after this. I remember at Bob Jones on Friday nights because they kept you going. there, such a rigid uh, schedule and all. So you had very little free time. On Friday nights, though, uh, you had kind of a free night. So all the guys would get into somebody's room and debate. And we would debate over Calvinism and Arminianism and and, uh, pre-mill and post-mill. We'd just get in there. At the end of the thing, we couldn't stand each other. And what had we accomplished? Absolutely nothing. And so we finally realized that wasn't a good thing. So we quit it. And so what did we do? when we came together we started praying amazing a change that made in us and uh, just so I just examine yourself it's what Paul's telling Timothy to do to cut a straight path let's pray father help us as your children lord to know what's right and go ahead to do what's right, to obey you. Uh, the truth, Lord, not to fight these battles that uh, don't matter in the end. Lord, help us to reach out positively with the gospel that changes men's hearts. Lord, it's so easy to get our, our eyes fixed on what we think may be important, and which was to you not important at all. And One day, Lord, as we have read from your word, we will give an account of every idle word. Lord, help us uh, uh, to live for You and to do that which is pleasing to You, O Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.